Today with Sarah McInerney. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player app. Well, with children across Ireland set to return to classes in the next week or two, questions are being asked about how the school run can be made both safe and environmentally friendly in the new COVID-19 world. Many parents will be reluctant to put their children on school buses due to social distancing concerns, which will mean many parents doing the school run via car. So to discuss all of this, I'm joined now by journalist with the Sunday Independent, Geraldine Herbert. And Geraldine, thank you very much for coming in to us this morning. Um, I suppose, firstly, what are the options available to parents as they get ready for the return of schools? Well, I think uh, probably the new one will be cycling in the sense that a lot of parents sort of got to grips with cycling when kids did um, during the lockdown. Traffic volumes were at their lowest ever. And that was one of the nicest things, I suppose, that came out of the lockdown was seeing kids taking those first little tentative bike rides. So I think a lot of parents will be exploring the whole option now as cycling. And we're hoping to see more kids cycling as a result. Now, it's not an option still for everyone, Sarah. You know, um, infrastructure is still pretty bad around the country. But there is, and this week, there is a national cycle walk scoot to school promotion and it's been run by cyclist.ie and the cycling advocacy uh, network so these are cycling uh, groups around the country and they're doing some fantastic things they're you know for parents who don't maybe just did cycling during the lockdown but don't know what the safest route to school is they will assist with that they're actually doing practice runs you can get your bike checked by a mechanic and there's so there's information on route planning there's also a little scavenger hunt competition so if you get onto cyclist.ie forward slash school they have lots of information there so for parents that's that's a new option or, you know, an option for more parents, I suppose, this year. The other thing I suppose is if you're that's available for no matter where you are in the country. The, yeah, it's not everywhere, but there's you know there's enough kind of places around the country that you should be covered somewhere. Um, obviously, for other people who've been cycling anyway to school, when you're going back, it's been six months. We've never had as long a gap. You need to do the practice run yourself if this isn't an option in your area or whatever. So we're hoping to see more people cycling. Obviously, then it comes down to walking to school. Still, is a very popular option. I mean, most kids live within you know kind of walking distance of their school. The school bus though is going to be a big issue, as we heard from you know Eamon Ryan this morning the Minister for Transport, there isn't going to be social distancing on the buses and a lot of parents are going to be very concerned about this. Um, so, I mean, it really, uh, like the pods and bubbles that we're being told about within the classroom, it makes a total mockery of those if we're going to cram all the kids on the same, you know, bus mm. that they went to beforehand. So, so Eamon Ryan said he is looking at options around this and they will, the government will try to communicate what the plan is in, in the next week or two, but it doesn't look as if the capacity is going to be put on in time for the schools to reopen. Well, I, to be honest, I find this utterly disheartening. I mean, we have known since the day the schools closed on the 12th of March, we are going to require social distancing in the school classroom and outside of the school, getting kids there. You know, to be scratching your head a week before going, we've only just realised this now. How are we going to increase capacity? And to be honest, I don't think, and this is no disrespect to teachers, schools and the Department of Education, but I don't think any of this has been given enough enough thought. And even within the schools, shoehorning 30 kids into a classroom, even if they've removed furniture and they're slightly more apart for six hours is not a good solution. But look, you know, there's not enough thought we yeah, 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 yeah. But and I mean, it's no wonder there are a lot of concerns around it. A lot of concerns again. The 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 counter argument being, it's it's more important to do it than the risk of not doing it. You know, absolutely, kids have to go back to school. There's no doubt about that. But I think there are people as well who are high risk who are concerned that there isn't an online option. And I think developing an online learning platform over the last few months would have been money well spent as well. People do need that option. Mm-hmm. I know the vast majority of kids need just even the socialisation of going back to school. But there are concerns, and they're they're not just you know um, they're 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 not unfounded. Yeah, to they're be real honest. concerns. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so then. People are looking at the school bus, the packed school bus with the steamed up windows, you know, yeah. in the next month or two. Um, and they think, I don't want to do that. What other options then do they have? Well, I think what we are going to probably see are more cars at the school. 
um, for that reason. I think for two reasons. Number one, the concerns about public transport, those who have it, the concerns about the school bus, but also carpooling. Carpooling is not going to be an option. I mean, we already had um, a recommendation made yesterday about, you know, if you're sharing a car with a stranger. But I, I can't see parents suddenly deciding let's all group together and take our kids like we did before. So that, I think definitely for the first few weeks, we're certainly going to see more cars at the school. So that's going to create its problems. Now, the other issue that I would see as being a problem is I'm sure parents are going to be discouraged from the school to actually, about actually bringing their kids to the door. You know, a lot of parents would have done this and they would have collected them that way as well. There's no point again in having bubbles and pods within a classroom if you're having parents congregating outside the, the, end, the, the school door. So therefore, parents are going to be more inclined to stop and drop. This is definitely what we don't want at the school because it's dangerous for kids to be, you know, jumping out outside the school. It blocks the visibility for other parents. It's dangerous for other um, for other school kids as well. So I think both the, the onus is on the parents there to find a, a, you know, a car park or something nearby and park there and let the, all the children know exactly where they've been collected and where they've been dropped off. But also, I know the schools have huge amounts of concerns at the moment around all sorts of things, but a text to parents just reminding them of this and saying, look, there's a car park within half a kilometre or whatever from the school. Maybe this is where you should be going. So I think these are things to be um, to be concerned about because definitely um, I can't, and especially the staggered openings and closing times will help in some way, but they may not depending on the gaps between them and how many children you have. So you might see parents, you know, just hanging around because in 10 minutes time, the other one is there mm. and it's much more comfortable to sit in a car wait then stand at the side of the road. So I definitely think, unfortunately, one of the uh, the consequences of all of this is more cars at the school gate. Yeah, and especially with the weather that we have at the moment. Yes. Um, do e-scooters, do they have a role here at all or is it just not, not on for younger kids? Well, the problem is not probably for younger kids. Mind you, scooters are perfect for younger kids. Um, but for secondary school kids, um, probably 14, 15, 16, now depending on, on, on sort of what re- regulation they'd bring in, they certainly would be an option. The problem is, Sarah, nothing has been done about them. We're still back where we were basically at the end of 2019. So this time last year, the RSA um, commissioned a report on behalf of the then Minister for Transport, Shane Ross. And the report basically said they should be legalised, but there should be certain guidelines put in when that happened. Guidelines about the age, the speed of what they should go at, um, where they should reside, footpaths, not on footpaths, not on high speed roads, those sort of things. But um, a two month consultation period followed then, which brought us up to about November. Then, of course, everything got put by the wayside. There was the um, election, the caretaker government, COVID-19, and nothing has been done since. It doesn't take an awful lot of, um, an awful lot um, to, it basically requires an amendment to the Road Traffic Act of um, 1961 because technically they're classed as mechanically propelled vehicles so they require tax and insurance. You can't do that. You can't get those for any scooter. So it's impossible to legally put them on the road. So as I said, it only requires an amendment to that Road Traffic Act. Why it hasn't been done before now, particularly with even adults and their wariness about public transport. We saw from the CSO Travel Bulletin this week, uh, traffic volumes in terms of cars have recovered almost to pre-pandemic levels. But public transport is is way down. Mm. So, I mean, like I would have been, I'm surprised that Eamon Ryan has not addressed this issue before now. As I said, they wouldn't be ideal for kids, but definitely for older kids and university students. But for just ordinary commuters, they would be ideal. And yet they've been totally ignored. And where can people travel on them? I assume you're not allowed on the path. So is it the cycle lane? Is it the road? You're not allowed anywhere. You can't legally put them on, the, on a public road. Okay, so where are people using them? Because you do see people using them. Cycle lanes. I know okay. there has been complaints from pedestrians about them on 
footpaths. Again, you see, the issue is, Sarah, unless you legalise them, you can't regulate them. They're here. That was one of the things they discovered in that, or they, they, they found in that report, was in countries and in cities where they've been banned, they're still on the streets. So you're better off to, to legalise them and then regulate them. At the moment, we just have them on the roads and we can do nothing about them. Um, any suggestions then in terms of bicycles, just to go back to that briefly, uh, if people are thinking, I'm going to go that direction, what, what sort of uh, bicycles should they be on the lookout for? Or what, what should be in their head? Well, I think, you know, take advice. As I said, there is huge amounts of resources out there like this uh, national promotion. They're only too willing to help. Make sure that the bike you have fits you, you're used to it. Do lots of practice runs beforehand. Have the right clothes. You know, this is what cyclists will always tell you. There's no such thing as bad weather. It's just bad clothes. But definitely give it an option. Again, it's, you know, safety in numbers more than anything. My kids go to school in Prosperous. Basically, nobody cycles because the um, there's just no proper infrastructure. But again, I suppose it just takes a couple of parents to get together to, to you know, again, you know, the more people that do it, we see the more people that will do it. But there are huge amounts of options in terms of like the safe routes and getting advice if you are planning on cycling. All right. That website again? cyclist.ie forward slash school. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's Geraldine Herbert, journalist with The Sunday Independent. We'll be speaking to Tim Bracken, barrister about wills and probate. So you can get in your questions to us um, on 51551 now or today radio at rte.ie. He's up next. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.